0: I'm going to be looking at Acts chapter 6 uh, today, and I'm really looking at just the first half of the chapter. And, it's, and you can see there, it's only seven verses. And, and uh, as we get into this story, uh, I think it'll become apparent to you, as it did to me as I was studying, that it seems like a, like a, uh, a strange story in the midst of, of the, what we're seeing in the book of Acts. And, and, you know, to me, the book of Acts reads like a really good, a really good action novel. Right? Pretty much every chapter, if you read it cover to cover, pretty much every chapter of Acts has some crazy, you know, exciting activity going on. And then we get to chapter 6, and literally chapter 6 starts off with, uh, basically, it's, we've got a complaint from the church cafeteria, and then they need to recruit some guys to address the problem. Right? It just seems like it. I mean, think of the book of Acts. You've got the Holy Spirit poured out. It's like this, you know, it's like an explosion, and the church has started. And it's like rocketing with growth turning Jerusalem you know on its ear there's preaching in the streets and people are getting healed Uh, they're getting uh, arrested you know uh, dragged into prison they're getting flogged we're gonna see in a little bit we've got some riots to look forward to in in future chapters and and then added to all that excitement just imagine the the, uh, just the commotion around the Apostles Remember last weekend, Andrew was talking about how uh, Peter would walk around in the city and his shadow would fall on people people, and they would get healed? I mean, could you imagine? I mean, just uh, 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 the apostles must have been like rock stars, right? Everyone would want to get close to these guys. I can't imagine. I mean, people would have been looking at them. I mean, imagine the pedestal those guys were on. Like, Like, is there anything these guys can't do, right? We're looking at that and... And, and then so I look at that, and then we look at chapter 6, where it's like basically there's a disagreement over, well, you got more bread than I got. And I'm like, why? To me it seems like Luke, or really God through Luke, why did you put these seven verses in the midst of this, you know, action-packed thriller, why do you put this, these seven verses? And Luke was saying to them then, and he's saying to us today, all this power is exciting and wonderful. But don't forget, the work God has given to us given us to do primarily occurs in the mundane. Primarily occurs in the, in the midst of the everyday stuff of life. In that in order for us to accomplish this work, it requires everyone to get involved. Not just a few special ones. Not just a few rock stars, if you will. And it says in your notes, uh, all hands on deck. And, and you know, Luke is writing this letter. Remember just the context of, of, of this letter. He's talking to a people, to Jewish people who were literally born and raised in a religious system, right? The temple system where the people who did the work of the ministry, it was the pros. It was the professionals. I mean, it was the priests. It was the Levites. It was the, uh, uh, you know, the, the temple workers. They were the ones that did the ministry work. But what we're seeing in chapter 6 is Luke or God is saying through Luke, Hey, I want to teach you in this new thing that I've started, this church. I want to teach you the new way of how I how I want this to function. And one of the primary pictures we see in the Bible describing uh, describing the church is one body with lots of parts, right? Jesus is, is the head of the church, and we got all these parts, you know, connected, working together, and, and God's plan is for every part, every little part of the body to be filled with the Spirit of God and to be functioning in the way He's created them to function so now think about that even this morning even if you're still waking up there that was bugging me a little piece of grass on the stage okay <laughs> <sighs> I knew something I knew there was a disturbance in the forest okay but think about what I've just been saying that means I mean I look at this room that means every person every person I don't care how young or how old every person in this in this room is part of the body every person in this room has a significant part to play in the plans, in what God's doing on planet Earth. Everyone here, every one of you, right? And, and these parts come in, I mean, just look at the human body. These parts come in different shapes, different sizes, different functions. Uh, the way God has wired you or gifted you it may function more when we gather together, right, as a, as a church community. Or it may function more outside these walls, in your business, at home, in your neighborhood. Or it's, you know, just wherever God has gifted you. But the goal of all these parts, every part, is, is to help people take another step towards Jesus. And so what we're going to see today in, in, in Luke 6 is, again, Luke is making a statement that this new thing God is doing uh, uh it's, it's a group thing. It's a body thing. And you may be here today and you may, even with me talking about gifts and all that stuff, you may just sit there and go, man, I don't have a clue where I fit in. Right? Or you may be here today and have a real strong sense of how God uses you or flows through you. But I, what I do know today is that God wants to come close to each one of us and he wants to encourage us. He wants to bless us in our giftings. And for those that feel like I have no idea, he wants to really help you take a step closer to the part of the body that he's made you to be. So let's pray, and then we'll jump into uh, to chapter six. <coughs> Excuse me. So, Lord, thanks for uh, this morning. Uh, thank you for um, just your presence here. I thank you that we, we're not like, you know, uh, uh, an Elks club or something or we just kind of get together and do things as a group but that as we gather together we've gathered in your presence Or we're in the presence of our God and I pray today that you would uh, You would move among us Lord come stir gifts Come uh, help people help us take a step closer more understanding into the part that you've made us to be So we welcome you here today in Jesus name. Amen Okay, if you don't have a Bible we have Bibles at the front and also at the back on the sound booth. And if you really don't have one, please grab it, take it home. But if you want to turn to uh, Acts chapter 6. And we're only looking at the, at the first seven verses. So I'm going to move pretty slowly through. So uh, let's start off Acts 6, one, In. Okay, in. When they say in. Okay, I'm joking. Yay, you laughed. Okay, that's good. There's some movement. Okay, verse 1 says, In those days when the number of disciples and in this case think believers when the number of believers was increasing the hellenistic Jews among them complained against the hebraic Jews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food okay so there's the issue right right off the bat number 1 in your notes says growing pains and you know, it says in that text that the number of disciples, the number of believers was increasing. And again, don't don't forget, you know, don't lose sight of the fact that we're talking maybe within a week or two, this gathering of believers went from a hundred and something to thousands. So talk about growing pains. It must have been, I just can't imagine what it would have been like trying to, you know, uh, oversee a group like that. And I can just imagine the tension there would be, because I know how it works here. There, you know, I can just imagine people are coming into church, and they're going, hey, that's my seat, man. I've been sitting there as long as I've been coming to this church, a week, right? But I mean, it's like, seriously, when I look out, it's like Groundhog Day, where some of you are amazingly... Uh, but that's okay. We'll, we have a word for OCD later. But you've got all these growing pains going on in this church, because... More and more people means more and more needs. Uh, you're going to need more, you know, teachers, I'm sure. You know, what are they going to do with the kids? You know, what they, all this is going on. So let me, let me ask you, just in the context of growing pains and the, and the change that comes when a church is growing, let me ask you a question this morning. Uh, this church draws not only from the Sunbury area but from multi, a multitude of, of counties, right? So Delaware, Franklin, uh, Knox County, Licking, uh, uh, Morrow, Marion. I mean, there's a lot of counties that this church draws from. And uh, if you if you live in the Sunbury area, you, you're very aware that there's projected uh, in the next three to five years that our this little area is going to grow in the hundreds of homes, uh, probably equaling you know thousands of people. Right? That's that's going to bring about a lot of change. And I don't think it's overly ambitious for us to expect that, you know, there's a lot of great churches in this community, but I think it's fair to, uh, to expect that we are going to, we are, go- <laughs> what was that? well, that was a good thing, I think, but we are going to grow as, as a church. So let me ask you a question. Are you ready for growth, right? You know the right answer, everyone knows the right answer, but seriously, that's something we need to be thinking about as a church, because in the next three to five years, there's going to be growth. There's going to be, there's going to be change. You may, you know, you may lose your seat to somebody. But we need to get that in our minds and get ready for that. Okay, now, back to the story. So you've got this growing church going through uh, growing pains. And and let me just touch uh, a little bit on the dispute. When it says that the Hellenistic Jews, what they're talking about there, and uh, just a snippet, uh, they were Greek-speaking Jews and really what it means when they say they're Hellenistic Jews, it means that it could have been generations ago, but it's, it's, it's Jewish people who moved away from Jerusalem, from you know from the Promised Land, who moved to other countries or other nations where they were Greek-speaking or Greek culture, and they lived there, and they learned the language, they took on the culture of the Greeks, and now they've moved back to the homeland. And what I saw in lots of the commentaries is that they were sort of seen as a second-class citizen, even though they were still Jews. And so they've got a complaint against the Hebraic Jews who were the locals. They were the, they spoke Aramaic. They were the people born and raised there and who who grew up there. And so now uh, you've got an offense between these people and, and it's interesting to me that the word that they used for complained, it's a Greek word and it goes, it's pronounced something like that's like gongosmos and it means a muttering or murmuring or another way to put that would be gossiping. And just as a side note, when I read that, what, first thing that went through my mind was, isn't that just like the enemy, right? This is a young church exploding with growth, and if you remember, if you've been here for all the, the messages we've, in this series so far, in Acts 4, there was this strong opposition, like a frontal attack, a full court press against this young church, right? They were dragged, arrested, thrown into jail, and we see it in, in Acts 5, they're arrested yet again, and now they're getting flogged, right? So the enemy was coming at them, frontal attack. But now what we see in chapter 6 is it's a subtle stealth attack. It's like he's, you know, sort of weaseling his way in. And, and what I, the way I, you know, to sum that up is if you, it, it's like the enemy is thinking, if I can't shut them up, then I'll do my best to split them up, right? One of the realities of being part of a church community is that at some point you'll be hurt or offended by someone else in the church, it's just—it's inevitable when you have a group of people gathered together, and—and and this whole thing, uh, uh, this whole thing of offense—it's one of the greatest tools that the enemy uses in church communities, right? That someone does something or says something, and you take a, a offense at it, and you start to mutter about it, and gossip about it. Listen to this story, which I. Well, it's not hard to believe. It's sad, but not hard to believe. I read a story about a church in Dallas, and they didn't give you know information about where or what time, you know, when this happened. But this church went through a major split, literally split in half, and both of the you know those two parts of the church went to court suing each other over the property, the church property, and and it said in the story that during the hearing when they were in court. It came to light that the split had begun. Now, get this. The split had begun at a church dinner when a certain elder received a smaller slice of ham than a child seated next to him. Okay, hey, now, who's never, you know, lasagna dinner? Okay, a lot of pain's coming out right now, right? But no, but I mean, think about it. <laughs> Look at the size of that. But no, it's like they took offense, and he muttered, So here's what I'm saying. We need to be on our guard. And especially as that growth comes, we need to be on our guard. If you've been offended by someone in the church, don't mutter. Don't gossip. Go to that person and say, hey, we got to work this out. And if you can't work it out, which is normal, that happens a lot in life, get your small group leader or go to a pastor. But whatever you do, don't mutter. And one of the commentaries that said a muttering church puts a smile on the enemy's face. And we don't want to do that, right? Okay, so growing church, growing pains, how did the apostles handle it? Let's get back to the text. We're flying along, verse 2. So the twelve gathered all the disciples, all the believers, (coughs) together and said, it would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word of God in order to wait on tables. Brothers and sisters, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the spirit and wisdom. We will turn this responsibility over to them and will give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the word. Okay, so the picture I get, you know, they gather, I mean, I I can't imagine, did they like literally gather everyone, thousands of people, but they they gather people together and uh, uh, and my hunch is because of the, you know, the, remember the system they are raised in the religious system they are raised, in. if there's an issue, if there's a ministry issue, we need to get the pros. It's their responsibility to, to take care of it. And so my hunch is they're looking at the apostles like, well, what are you guys going to do? What are you going to do to fix this problem that we have? And uh, again, what we see in verse six is God is establishing this new way, this new system, if you will, that uh, uh, where he wants the, to be a body, the church to be a body that functions, not just certain parts. So number two in your notes is the right pieces in the right places. And a familiar passage, uh, you know, this body picture of the church, 1 Corinthians 12, 12 says this. The human body has many parts, <coughs> but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. And then we'll skip to 18. But our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part just where He wants it. How strange a body would be if it had only one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. Now, I know, because I know so many of you, that that passage is, like, really familiar to you. But, you know, that concept, that understanding, we need need to learn, that picture of the, the church as a body... We really need to learn, as we, as we think of the human body, we need to learn and really get that concept in our understanding. Because really, you know, when I look at that, and what we just read in, in that text, is that, I mean, when, when I think of my body, when you think of your body, if you think of what are the most, you know, the important parts, and right away I go to my heart, I go to uh, my, my uh, brain, <laughs> I knew that, and, and in my lungs, I mean, like, like super important, right? But the reality is, as, as important and as key as those different parts are, they don't do it all, do they? They have limited functions. And, and so when we see the apostles get up in front of the, the people and say, hey, we need to stick to the, you know, the work of the ministry. We're, you know, we're not going to wait on tables. They weren't saying, we're rock stars. We don't wait on tables. right? They weren't being arrogant. They weren't saying that's below us. What they were saying, and I really believe it was the Holy Spirit speaking through them, you know, starting this new way, setting a new tone for how this is going to work. They were saying, that's not our part of the body. God has given us another part, another task. You know, and I don't know what uh, kind of church you were raised in or maybe what ch- kind of church you went to before you came here, or but I remember the church I was raised in, uh, that There was an understanding and an expectation that, again, anything to do with the ministry, the expectation was that the pastor does it. Right? The pastor was always at the church, always running stuff. Because right? it was sort of seen as he or she, they're the person paid to do, uh, to do ministry. And, and, but understand that that is not the primary role of a church leader. Listen to this. Ephesians 4.11. <clears throat> now, these are the gifts Christ gave to the church. The apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do His work and build up the church, the body of Christ. See, as, as church leadership, we are being successful. I think of this morning, we, we prayed for Vicki. You know, she's the pastoral coordinator for, for women's ministry. You know, one of the ways that Vicki will know she's doing her job well is if women are being you know uh, uh, released and blessed into ministry as women are discovering how God has wired them, what God uh, uh, has you know what part of the body they are, right? It's it's healthy church leadership does what, what they say in verse three when the when the apostles said we will turn this responsibility over to them, right? Another picture of that is this uh, earlier this year. Uh, I was watching highlights from the, the OSU spring game, right? You may have heard of the Buckeyes. But I've never seen a spring game. I've never seen, you know, and, and so I was uh, maybe a little desperate. Hey, there's highlights from the spring game, right? Eh? And so I turned, it on, <coughs> I turned it on, and I'm looking at it, and I'm watching them play, and I thought, okay, there's something strange about it. Because, you know, there's the, the quarterback, oh, you know, whatever, they're, he's saying stuff. And then right beside him, I'm thinking, what is he doing? There's, what's his name? Urban Meyer. Right? He's standing there right in the midst of the play, and I look in the defense. There's another coach standing right there, and they hike the ball, and you know, there's Urban Meyer. He's sort of moving around. I'm like, what are they doing? I've, just never, I've never seen that before. And then uh, whistle blows, and as they're gathering, gathering together, I see Urban Meyer. Here's the coach. He's talking to all these young guys. He's yelling stuff. He's encouraging. He's instructing. And as I watched that, I thought, you know what? That's it. That's what a pastor does. That's what any, any leadership in the church, that's one of our primary goals. It's to, it's to be helping people identify and learn how to play their position. Right? And one of the things that's cool, you know, uh, JT and I are, are leading the, uh, the Brazil trip. <coughs> we're leaving on Saturday. And, you know, we're going to be, there's 12 of us, we're going to be literally for two weeks living together. And we're going to be in the game together constantly. And one of the things that I so enjoy about the trip is that as I get to be down there shoulder to shoulder with people, we're doing all these different things. We're going to be praying for people in the streets. We're going to be uh, you know, going into villages and playing you know, games with kids. We're going to be doing services. like There's all these things, going to the spa, all these things you do on a ministry trip. <coughs> and what's so cool is getting to watch people and then really bless what you see. And what I mean is it's like, you know, there's some people, it's like, you know, they, they, we're going to pray for loads of people on this trip. To be able to come alongside someone and say, have you noticed, like, everyone you p- pray for, they just, they're, you know, they don't even know English, and you're praying in English, and they're weeping, or God is powerfully touching them, healing them. Have you ever considered that God has gifted you, right, to pray for people? Or, uh, um, you know, we go into a village, have you ever noticed that when we get off the boat and go into the village, you're like a kid magnet? Kids just whoa, just come running up to you and they, they're grabbing on, they're hanging off you. I mean, have you ever considered that maybe God has built you, wired you to work with kids? Or on and on. It's so, it's so much fun to encourage people in their gifting. And, and it's interesting when we look at the, uh, this story that when the apostles go, hey, look, we're not, we're not going to do that. We have a different part to play. That what they don't say is, so, okay, uh, so just look around you and let's choose seven guys that have nothing else to do. Right? Or let's find seven guys who have a pulse. Right? It's, it's, just, it's a small problem. Let's just throw some bodies at it. Let's just fill slots. And that's not what they say, is it? What they say is this. They say, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the spirit and wisdom. When I hear that, I go, wait a minute. I mean, they're just going to wait on tables. I mean, if they have a certain level of hygiene and they're not clumsy, isn't that enough? right but they say full of the spirit and full of wisdom and you know what Luke is or God is saying through Luke and he's saying it to us today that whatever god has gifted you in whether or not you think it's it's significant or insignificant what we see in this is for you to be the part that god has wired you for it's not going to happen unless you're filled with the spirit of god We all need, whatever God has called us to, we all need to be filled with the Spirit of God, Him, the fuel in us to do, to be the part of the body He's called us to be. So then, how do the people respond? Verse 5 says this, this proposal pleased the whole group. (coughs) They chose Stephen, a man, (laughs) excuse me, (coughs) a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit, also Philip. Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenus, and Nicholas from Antioch, a convert to Judaism. They presented these men to the apostles who prayed and laid their hands on them. So number three in your note says, <coughs> it says that. No, it says everyone gets to play, right? And remember, these are a people who not only <coughs> are raised in a temple system where, you know, those guys do the work, right, the work of the ministry, and we're, you know, we're, we're just spectators. So not only did they have that understanding, but they also had an incredibly segregated culture in the, within the, the Jewish uh, system. Because, I mean, <coughs> in this list of seven men's, uh, the comment, most of the commentaries I looked at said six of them were these Hellenistic Jews. Six of them were, you know, sort of the lower class, if you will, Israelites, and then you have this one guy, Nicholas from Antioch, who basically was a converted Gentile. And if you remember, if you remember the series we did in Ephesians, and that's like a year or two ago, I'm, I'm, I'm going here. today. you're good. Thanks. Um, <clears throat> uh, the Gentiles are like way down here in the eyes of the Jewish people, right? They're seen as they are an, as a people group. They're unclean. Right? They're an unclean people. In fact, there was one of the rabbis uh, used to say about, in the first century about Gentiles that they only existed to fuel the fires of hell. That's not a very nice thing to say about someone, right But remember, and just think of the whole temple system, the segregation. and you've got the Holy of Holies, the, the, pre, the place where they believe it was like the touching point for the presence of God. And then the, the priest could come this close, the Jewish man could come this close. The Jewish women could come this close. And then you've got the Gentiles and all the foreigners. You're way out here. So they have a whole system that says, you know, clean and unclean. You're in, you're out. Right? You, you know, you're worthy, you're unworthy. And now in this new thing that God is doing, he has literally taken them all, men and women, Jews and Gentiles, and he's thrown them all into this big lump of people. And he, again, he's, Luke is saying that this is a new thing. This is a new thing God's doing. Now everybody can come close. Now everyone can have a relationship with God, not just the chosen people. Everyone. Now everyone, not just the hot shots, not just Moses, you know what I mean? Not just the apostles. Now everyone, uh, God wants to use everyone for his purposes. Right? It's not just the pros, it's everyone. And it's interesting, the rest of this chapter, chapter six, and Heather's gonna look at that next weekend, but the rest of this chapter, and on into chapters 7 and 8, what you're going to see is the two main characters in those chapters are Stephen and Philip. Two guys who waited on tables. And what we're going to see in the, in, in the sections to come is that we see Stephen and Philip doing the exact same miracles, the same power flowing through them as was flowing through you know, the the apostles, and God is making this statement that in his kingdom, in this new thing he's doing, everyone gets to play. Now, one of the challenges that I, that I see uh, increasingly in our culture, and in, in, in our church culture, when I say everyone gets to play, um, I think one of our challenges is not everyone wants to play. And, uh, uh, or let me put it this way, or you want to be on the team, but you want to do your own thing. Right? And I may be stepping on toes, uh, and again, my name is Danny Meyer. But, <laughs> but remember, remember, when you say yes to Jesus, it's like, you know, I love you. Welcome. You know, here's a jersey. Get on the field. You're on the team. And I think some of the struggle in, 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 in people's lives, some of the or disconnectedness uh, comes from the fact that we... Uh, our heart is set on pay, playing a certain position, right? We're just determined, this is what I want to do. But, but it's not what you were wired for. It's not the position you were built for. And you know, uh, I was having lunch, actually Bill and I were having lunch uh, a couple of months ago down, at, uh, down in Westerville, had some things to discuss. And when we were standing in line, I'm looking right in front of me is this great big man, this great big guy. And he, uh, I looked on his shirt and it said, Waterbine football coach, right? And then I looked around him, and there's all these young guys, like uh, probably recruits, right? And they, uh, you know, they are standing there, and I'm looking at them, and I just couldn't resist. I'm looking at this guy, and I'm the next in line behind him. So he orders and then steps aside to wait. And when I come up, I order. And then I look at him, and our eyes meet, and I said to him, I said, put me in coach, right? And he smiled, and then he said to me, he said, well, what position, what position do you play? And I, uh, I didn't, you know, I said, well, oh, I'm a tight end. <laughs> okay, yeah, thank you. But then he, uh, <laughs> yeah. There's a car on fire in the parking lot. Uh, <laughs> but here's what he did. When I said that, no joke, there's this big coach. He looked He looked like, like that. He went up and down. He totally looked me over. And he, then he said this. He said, well, if you want to be a tight end, you're going to need to grow a few inches and you're going to need to put on some muscle mass. Now, here's the thing. In the story, when they're looking for people, you know, to put in the game, right, these men, it said that they were looking for, for men who were full of the Spirit, right, full of the Spirit of God. And one of the, another way to say that is they're looking for men who were submitted to the Spirit of God. See, and, 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 and really what I mean in that is it's looking for people who are laying aside what they want. And basically looking at God and saying, well, what do you want? Right? It's basically coming into the presence of God and saying, coach, look me over. Right? Because you know what I know about that coach? He has seen probably hundreds, maybe thousands of young men who want to be football players. And I guarantee you, he could look at a young guy, look him up and down and go, no, 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 you're not a running back. You're a, you know, a receiver. Or, you know, and I'm, I'm pretty limited. If we were talking hockey... We'd be going places right now. <laughs> but he, but, so just imagine God who has, who has you know, created billions of people. Before he even made them, he knew, oh, I know. I know what I'm going to make this one for. Right? Just to think, to, to just come. You know, it's, that, it's that submitted to God, to come before him and say, what do you say, coach? What do you see in me? What did you put and me, and here's the thing, one of the main ways that God helps you and I discover uh, our position is by getting in the game. It's by trying out different positions. So just really practically, I mean, uh, you know, praying for people. Right? I am convinced as I look to the future, one of the key sort of tools that God's going to use to reach this growing area that we live in, it's going to be through these, these simple words, hey, could I pray for you? That God is going to literally impact people's lives. So we get to every weekend practice how to pray for people. And if you're sitting there right now going, hey, buddy, it's going to, well, okay, I've my filter kicked in. Hey, buddy, you're not I'm not going up there to pray. Right? So let me just challenge you in this. Why don't you come up and just join someone who's praying. Right? If someone else is praying for someone, just go stand beside them and listen. And what you're going to discover is that it's really very simple. You, you, you know, we're not, nobody's depending on the prayer to fix the problem. We're all coming before God to fix the problem. And it's just, it's so encouraging to have someone come alongside and pray for you, to stand with you. So try that out. Uh, could be, <coughs> I mean, we have so many weekend chores, so many volunteers needed. Are you a you know, person who loves hospitality? We need greeters. We need ushers. We need, I mean, what Danny announced this morning, the crew. Are you a guy who like, you're like, uh, you know, I'm way more comfortable with a power tool in my hand. Well, I think God totally gifts people to fix things. I'm good at breaking things, but I'm good at fixing things. So if you're, you know, I just encourage you, man, that's a great place to to get, you know, a great position, a great place to get involved. Or kids, working with kids. There's people back there right now working with kids that a couple years ago, if you told them, hey, you know, you're going to be working with kids soon, and you're going to love it, they would have laughed at you. But the way they discovered is they tried it out. And they realized, you know what, to be with kids and to tell them about Jesus, like, it's so fulfilling. Or, or it could be uh, you know, in a small group. Get involved in a small group. Take a risk in a small group. Say, hey, I'll, maybe I'll lead the discussion next week. Because here's the thing. There are people in this room that a year or two from now, you don't know it yet, but you're going to be leading a small group. Because God uh, has wired you that way. You may not know it yet, but he has built you to do that. Every missionary that this church has sent out, it started on a missions trip. They went down to Brazil and they got bit by a bug, literally, right? <laughs> no, okay, that was funny to me. They got, but they, the missions bug just got it, a seed in their hearts and, and now we're sending them off. Here, here's the thing. Here's what will happen as a church, as we as a church lean into, submit more, look at God and say, put me in, coach, here's what we can expect, uh, or or what we'll see happen. Ephesians 4.16 says this, it says, "He God makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow, so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. That's a healthy church. That's a healthy body. And to wrap up the story, what can we expect? What what is the impact of a healthy church? Verse 7 of chapter 6 says this. So the word, the message of God spread. The number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly. And a large number of priests became obedient to the faith. So what can we expect is, you know, if we as a church just continue to lean into, okay, you know, God, you've made me, show me, right? I'm trying different positions. As we lean into that, we can expect to not only be a healthy church, but to be a growing church, to be an impactful church. I mean, I, I mean, I, that's just so awesome to me. large number of priests were joining them. Can you imagine the commotion that would have created? Can you imagine just the impact that this church was having because a group of people submitted to the Spirit of God. Because a group of people, it was struggling, there were growing pains, but they they laid aside, they they worked through their prejudice. A group of people, they worked through the growing pains. And and they they leaned into this new thing of a a community, a body where where we bless and release and encourage all the different parts that God has made. So why don't we stand up? Here's how we're going to end off today. (coughs) Um, If you're a small group leader, do you want to put your hand up real high just so I get a sense of our numbers? Real high. Okay, we're going to be great. Thanks. So I sent an email to them today uh, so they knew about this. So uh, if the small group leaders want to sort of go around the room, here's what we're going to do. in this story, when they picked these people, what did they do? The apostles prayed and laid hands on these people, on these parts of the body, to bless them and to literally say, now go and do it, right? I felt like the Lord said, we want to do that today. We want to bless. I mean, I'm looking at the body. I'm looking at all these different parts of the body. And you may be here today, and, and you know, again, you may be going, man, you lost me at good morning, right? Because it's like, I just don't understand this. I don't understand. What do you mean when God wants to work through me? Right? As we go about our lives, the everyday stuff of life, the mundane, that God, you know, the people in your sphere, the people you see every day at work or wherever, whatever you do, what do you mean God wants to work through me? Well, I want to encourage you today. If you're in that place, uh, I've, we want to encourage you to go and get prayer today. Or you may be here today. And you're, you're pretty sure, you know, and, or everyone on the spectrum, you're pretty sure of how God has wired you. Well, we want to bless that in you, that you would be even more fruitful in that. And what I've told the, the small group leaders, and these are all wonderful people, they're safe, I promise. Uh, I've told them, I said, all I'm asking you to do is ask their name, and then it's just to bless them, bless the part of the body that, that you are, and then also to pray, to call that out say, come on, God, let's you know bring that to the surface more because we can expect, and I totally believe, after this weekend, there's going to be stuff coming to the surface in your life where you're going to recognize things and go, wait a minute, there's something different going on. You, you, you know, either it'll be in conversations with people or just all the different stuff of life. It may be in the way you treat your employees at work, but you'll notice there's a change. It's because God is bringing your gifting, your part to the, the service. So, uh, J.T.'s going to lead us in, in, in a song or two as we've got so much time here. Um, I'm going to pray for us, and then I just encourage you to, to start moving around the room. But I will say this. If you're visiting today, you may, you may be like, oh, maybe when they pray we can exit real quick. Okay. <laughs> if you're visiting today, I want to say uh, you are so welcome to get involved in this. You go to get prayer, say to the person, hey, you know this is my name, but I am really got this going on or that going on, and they, will lo- they would love to pray for you. If, you're in a, you know, if you go to get prayer and there's a line of people for those people, look around the room. I guarantee there's gonna be someone that can pray for you. So we have people all around the room. So let me pray for us, and then we'll, uh, I'll, we'll let you go. So Lord, uh, we thank you so much for your presence here. We thank you for this short story in, in, in the book of Acts. We thank you, Lord, how at the very beginning of this thing, this church, this gathering of believers, you, from right from the start, set the tone that it's everybody necessary, all hands on deck. Everyone has a part to play in this, in this body. And we ask that you would come and do what is just impossible for us, that you would come and just really fall on people today. Just come, Holy Spirit, and bless the parts of the body that are, that are uh, in this room. Lord, encourage them. Bring them to the surface. Bring understanding to each one of their position, of their part. So we ask that you would bless these prayers. You would anoint these prayers in Jesus' name. Amen.